1. The Bontoc Integral by Albert Ernest Jenks Letter of Transmittal Department of the Interior. The Ethnological Survey. Manila. February 3rd, 1904. Sir, I have the honor to submit a study of the Bontoc Integral made for this survey during the year 1903. It is transmitted with the recommendation that it be published as volume I of a series of scientific studies to be issued by the Ethnological Survey for the Philippine Islands. Respectfully, Albert Ernst Jenks, Chief of the Ethnological Survey, Han, Dean C. Worcester, Secretary of the Interior, Manila, P.I. Preface After an expedition of two months in September, October, and November, 1902. Among the people of northern Luzon it was decided that the Igrao of Bontoc Pueblo, in the province of Lepanto Bontoc, are as typical of the primitive mountain agriculturist of Luzon as any group visited, and that ethnologic investigations directed from Bontoc Pueblo would enable the investigator to show the culture of the primitive mountaineer of Luzon as well as or better than investigations centered elsewhere, accompanied by Mrs. Jenks. The writer took up residence in Bontoc Pueblo the 1st of January. 1903, and remained five months. The following data were gathered during that Bontoc residence, the previous expedition of two months, and a residence of about six weeks among the Banga Idro. The accompanying illustrations are mainly from photographs. Some of them were taken in April, 1903, by Han, Dean C. Worcester, Secretary of the Interior. Others are the work of Mr. Charles Martin, government photographer, and were taken in January. 1903, the others were made by the writer to supplement those taken by Mr. Martin, whose time was limited in the area. Credit for each photograph is given with the halftone as it appears. I wish to express my gratitude for the many favors of the only other Americans living in Bontoc Province during my stay there, namely, Lieutenant Governor Truman K. Hunt, M.D., Constabulary Lieutenant now Captain Elmer A. Eggman, and Mr. William F. Smith, American teacher. In the following pages native words have their syllabic divisions shown by hyphens and their accented syllables and vowels marked in the various sections wherein the words are considered technically for the first time, and also in the vocabulary in the last chapter. In all other places they are unmarked. A later study of the language may show that errors have been made in writing sentences, since it was not always possible to get a consistent answer to the question as to what part of a sentence constitutes a single word and time was too limited for any extensive language study. The following alphabet has been used in writing native words. It seems not improper to say a word here regarding some of my commonest impressions of the Bontoc Idro. Physically he is a clean-limbed, well-built, dark brown man of medium stature, with no evidence of degeneracy. He belongs to that extensive stock of primitive people of which the Malay is the most commonly named. I do not believe he has received any of his characteristics, as a group from either the Chinese or Japanese. Though this theory has frequently been presented, the Bontoc man would be a savage if it were not that his geographic location compelled him to become an agriculturist, necessity drove him to this art of peace. In everyday life his actions are deliberate, but he is not lazy. He is remarkably industrious for a primitive man. In his agricultural labors he has strength, determination, and endurance. On the trail, as a cargator or burden bearer for Americans, he is patient and uncomplaining, and earns his wage in the sweat of his brow. His social life is lowly, and before marriage is most primitive, but a man has only one wife, to whom he is usually faithful. The social group is decidedly democratic, there are no slaves, the people are neither drunkards, gamblers, 
nor sportsman. There is little color in the life of the Idro, he is not very inventive and seems to have little imagination. His chief recreation certainly his most enjoyed and highly prized recreation is head hunting. But head hunting is not the passion with him that it is with many Malay peoples. His religion is at base the most primitive religion known animism, or spirit belief but he has somewhere grasped the idea of one God, and has made this belief in a crude way a part of his life. He is a very likable man, and there is little about his primitiveness that is repulsive. He is of a kindly disposition, is not servile, and is generally trustworthy. He has a strong sense of humor. He is decidedly friendly to the American, whose superiority he recognizes and whose methods he desires to learn. The boys in school are quick and bright, and their teacher pronounces them superior to Indian and Mexican children he has taught in Mexico, Texas, and New Mexico. Briefly, I believe in the future development of the Bantakidro for the following reasons. He has an exceptionally fine physique for his stature and has no vices to destroy his body. He has courage which no one who knows him seems ever to think of questioning. He is industrious, has a bright mind, and is willing to learn. His institutions good or mental, religious, and social are not radically opposed to those of modern civilization as, for instance, are many institutions of the Mohammedanized people of Mindanao and the Sulu archipelago but are such, it seems to me, as will quite readily yield to or associate themselves with modern institutions. I recall with great pleasure the months spent in Bantak Pueblo, and I have a most sincere interest in and respect for the Bantak Idru as a man. Introduction The readers of this monograph are familiar with the geographic location of the Philippine archipelago. However, to have the facts clearly in mind, it will be stated that the group lies entirely within the North Torrid Zone, extending from 4 degree 40 northward to 21 degree 3 and from 116 degree 40 to 126 degree 34 east longitude. It is thus about 1.000 miles from north to south and 550 miles from east to west. The Pacific Ocean washes its eastern shores, the Sea of Celebes its southern, and the China Sea its western and northern shores. It is about 630 kilometers, or 400 miles, from the China coast, and lies due east from French Indochina. The Baden's group of islands, stretching north of Luzon, has members nearer Formosa than Luzon. On the southwest Borneo is sighted from Philippine territory. Briefly, it may be said the archipelago belongs to Asia geologically, zoologically, and botanically rather than to Oceania, and that, apparently, the entire archipelago has shared a common origin and existence. There is evidence that it was connected with the mainland by solid earth in the early or middle tertiary. For a long geologic time the land was low and swampy. At the end of the Eocene a great upheaval occurred, there were foldings and crumplings. Igneous rock was thrust into the distorted mass, and the islands were considerably elevated above the sea. During the latter part of the tertiary period the lands seem to have subsided and to have been separated from the mainland. About the close of the subsidence eruptions began which are continued to the present by such volcanoes as Tal and Mayon in Luzon and Apu in Mindanao. No further subsidence appears to have occurred after the close of the tertiary, though the gradual elevation beginning then had many lapses, as is evidenced by the numerous sea beaches often seen one above the other in horizontal tiers. The elevation continues today in an almost invisible way. The islands have been greatly enlarged during the elevation by the constant building of coral around the submerged shores. It is believed that man had appeared in the Great Malay Archipelago before this elevation began. 
It is thought by some that he was in the Philippines in the later tertiary, but there are no data as yet throwing light on this question. Today the archipelago lies like a large net in the natural pathway of people fleeing themselves from the supposed birthplace of the primitive Malayan stock, namely, from Java, Sumatra, and the adjacent Malay Peninsula, or, more likely, the larger mainland. It spreads over a large area, and is well fitted by its numerous islands some 3.100 and its innumerable bays and coastal pockets to catch up and hold a primitive, seafaring people. There are and long have been daring Malayan pirates, and there is today among the southern islands a numerous class the Sabal living most of the time on the sea, yet they all keep close to land, except in time of calm, and when a storm is brewing they strike out straight for the nearest shore like scared children. The ocean currents and the monsoons have been greatly instrumental in driving different people through the seas into the Philippine net. The Tagacola on the west coast of the Gulf of Davao, Mindanao have a tradition that they are descendants of men cast on their present shores from a distant land and of the Manobo women of the territory, the Bagogo, also in the Gulf of Davao, claim they came to their present home in a few boats generations ago. They purposely left their former land to flee from headhunting, a practice in their earlier home, but one they do not follow in Mindanao. What percent of the people coming originally to the archipelago was cast away? Nomadic, or immigrant it is impossible to judge. But there have doubtless also been many systematic and prolonged migrations from nearby lands, as from Borneo, Celebes, Sambir, etc. Primitive man is represented in the Philippines today not alone by one of the lowest natural types of savage man the historic world has looked upon the small, dark brown, bearded, crisp woolly-haired negritos but by some thoroughly distinct primitive Malayan tribes or dialect groups, among which are believed to be some of the lowest of the stock in existence. In northern Luzon is the Idro, a typical primitive Malayan. He is a muscular, smooth-faced, brown man of a type between the delicate and the coarse. In Mindoro the Mangian is found, an especially lowly Malayan, who may prove to be a true savage in culture. In Mindanao is the slender, delicate, smooth-faced brown man of which the Sabano, in the western part, is typical. There are the Bagogo and the extensive Manogo of eastern Mindanao in the neighborhood of the Gulf of Davao the latter people following the Agusan River practically to the north coast of Mindanao, in southeastern Mindanao, in the vicinity of Mount Apu and also north of the Gulf of Davao, are the Edu. They are a scattered people and evidently a Negrito and primitive Malayan mixture. In Nueva Vizcaya, Nueva Asaja, Isabella, and perhaps Principe, of Luzon, are the Ibilao. They are a slender, delicate, bearded people with an artistic nature quite different from any other now known in the island, but somewhat like that of the Edda of Mindanao. Their artistic wood productions suggest the incised work of distant dwellers of the Pacific, as that of the people of New Guinea, Fiji Islands, or Herbie Islands, the seven so-called Christian tribes, occupying considerable areas in the coastwise lands and low plains of most of the larger islands of the archipelago represent migrations to the archipelago subsequent to those of the Idru and comparable tribes. The last migrations of brown men into the archipelago are historic. The Spaniard discovered the inward flow of the large Sabal moral group after his arrival in the 16th century. The movement of this nomadic sea gypsy Sabal has not ceased today, but continues to flow in and out among the small southern islands. Besides the peoples here cited there are a score of others scattered about the archipelago representing many grades of primitive culture.
but those mentioned are sufficient to suggest that the islands have been very effective in gathering up and holding diverse groups of primitive men. Part 1 The Igroculture Group Igroland Northern Luzon, or Igroland, is by far the largest area in the Philippine archipelago having any semblance of regularity. It is roughly rectangular in form, extending to and one-half degrees north and south and two degrees east and west. There are two prominent geographic features in northern Luzon. One is the beautifully picturesque mountain system, the Carabellos, the most important range of which is the Carabellos Occidentals, extending north and south throughout the western part of the territory. This range is the famous Cordillera Central for about three quarters of its extent northward, beyond which it is known as Cordillera del Norte. The other prominent feature is the extensive drainage system of the eastern part, the Rio Grande Cape and draining northward into the China Sea about two-thirds of the territory of northern Luzon. It is the largest drainage system and the largest river in the archipelago. The surface of northern Luzon is made up of four distinct types. First is the coastal plain a consistently narrow strip of land, generally not over three or four miles wide. The soil is sandy silt with a considerable admixture of vegetable matter. In some places it is loose, and shifts readily before the winds. Here and there are stretches of alluvial clay loam. The sandy areas are often covered with coconut trees, and the alluvial deposits along the rivers frequently become beds of nipapam as far back as tide water. The plain areas are generally poorly watered except during the rainy season, having only the streams of the steep mountains passing through them. These river beds are broad, quickly, impassable torrents in the rainy season, and are shallow or practically dry during half the year, with only a narrow, lazy thread flowing among the boulders. This plain area on the west coast is the undisputed dwelling place of the Christian Ilocano, occupying Pueblos in Union, Ilocos Sur and Ilocos Norte provinces. Almost nothing is known of the eastern coastal plain area. It is believed to be extremely narrow, and has at least one pueblo, of Christianized Tagalog the famous Palaman, the scene of Aguinaldo's capture. The second type of surface is the coastal hill area. It extends from the coastal plain irregularly back to the mountains, and is thought to be much narrower on the eastern coast than on the western in fact. It may be quite absent on the eastern. It is the remains of a tilted plain sloping seaward from an altitude of about 1.000 feet to one of, say, 100 feet, and its hilly nature is due to erosion. These hills are generally covered only with grasses, the sheltered moist or places often produce rank growths of tall, coarse cocoon grass. The soil varies from dark clay loam through the sandy loams to quite extensive deposits of coarse gravel. The level stretches in the hills on the west coast are generally in the possession of the Christian peoples, though here and there are small pueblos of the large Igro group. The Igro in these pueblos are undergoing transformation, and quite generally wear clothing similar to that of the Ilocano. The third type of surface is the mountain country the temperate zone of the tropics, it is the habitat of the Igro. From the western coastal hill area the mountains rise abruptly in parallel ranges lying in a general north and south direction and they subside only in the foothills west of the great level bottom land bordering the Rio Grande de Cagayan. The Cordillera Central is as fair and about as varied a mountain country as the tropic sun shines on. It has mountains up which one may climb from tropic forest jungles into open, pine-forested parks, and up again into the dense tropic forest, with its drapery of vines, its varied hanging orchids, and its graceful, lilting fern trees. It has mountains forested to the upper rim on one side with tropic jungle and on the other with sturdy pine trees, 
At the crest line the children of the tropics meet and intermingle with those of the temperate zone. There are gigantic, rolling, bare backs whose only covering is the carpet of grass periodically green and brown. There are long, rambling, skeleton ranges with here and there pine forests gradually creeping up the sides to the crests. There are solitary volcanoes, now extinct, standing like things purposely let alone when nature humbled the surrounding earth. There are sculptured lime rocks, cities of them, with great hovels and mansions and cathedrals. The mountains present one interesting geologic feature. The hiker is repeatedly delighted to find his trail passing quite easily from one peak or ascent to another over a natural connecting embankment. On either side of this connecting ridge is the head of a deep, steep-walled canyon. The ridge is only a few hundred feet broad at base, and only half a dozen to twenty feet wide at the top. These ridges invariably have the appearance of being composed of soft earth, and not of rock. They are appreciated by the primitive man, who takes advantage of them as of bridges. The mountains are well watered, the summits of most of the mountains have perpetual springs of pure, cool waters. On the very tops of some there are occasional perpetual water holes ranging from 10 to 100 feet across. These holes have neither surface outlet nor inlet, there are two such within two hours of Bontoc Pueblo. They are the favorite wallowing places of the Carabao, the so-called water buffalo, both the wild and the half-domesticated animals. The mountain streams are generally in deep gorges winding in and out between the sharp folds of the mountains. Their beds are strewn with boulders, often of immense size, which have withstood the wearing of waters and storms. During the rainy season the streams racing between the bases of two mountain ridges are maddened torrents. Some streams, born and federal on the very peaks, tumble 100, 500, even 1.500 feet over precipices landing white as snow in the merciless torrent at the mountain base. During the dry season the rivers are fordable at frequent intervals, but during the rainy season, beginning in the Cordillera Central in June and lasting well through October, even the natives hesitate often for a week at a time to cross them. The absence of lakes is noteworthy in the mountain country of northern Luzon in fact. In all of northern Luzon, the two large lakes frequently shown on maps of Cagayan province one east and one west of the Rio Grande de Cagayan near the 18th parallel, are not known to exist, though it is probable there is some foundation for the Spaniards' belief in the existence of at least the eastern one, in the bottom land of the Rio Grande de Cagayan, about six hours west of Cabagan Nuevo, near the provincial border of Cagayan and Isabella, there were a hundred acres of land covered with shallow water the last of October, 1902. Just at the end of the dry season of the Cagayan Valley, the surface was well covered with rank, coarse grasses and filled with aquatic plants, especially with lilies. Apparently the waters were slowly receding, since the earth about the margins was supporting the short, coarse grasses that tell of the gradual drying out of soils once covered with water. In the mountains near Sagadot, Bontoc Province, there is a very small lake, and one or two others have been reported at Bontoc but the mountains must be said to be practically lakeless. Another mountain range of northern Luzon, of which practically no details are known, is the Sierra Madre, extending nearly the full length of the country close to the eastern coast. It seems to be an unbroken, continuous range, and, as such, is the longest mountain range in the archipelago. The fourth type of surface is the level areas. These areas lie mainly along the river courses and vary from a few rods in width to the valley of the Rio Grande de Cagayan, which is often 50 miles in width, and probably more, 
there are, besides these river valleys, varying tracts of level plains which may most correctly be termed mountain tablelands. The limited mountain valleys and tablelands are the immediate home of the Idro. The valleys are worn by the streams, and, in turn, are built up, leveled, and enriched by the sand and alluvium deposited annually by the floods. They are generally open, grass-covered areas, though some have become densely forested since being left above the high water of the streams. The broad valley of the Rio Grande de Cagayan is not occupied by the Idro. It is too poorly watered and forested to meet his requirements. It is mainly a vast pasture, supporting countless deer, along the foothills and the forest-grown creek and river bottoms there are many wild hogs, and in some areas herds of wild carabatos and horses are found. Near the main river is a numerous population of Christians. Many are Ilocano imported originally by the tobacco companies to carry on the large tobacco plantations of the valley, and the others are the native Cagayan. The tablelands were once generally forested, but today many are deforested, undulating, beautiful pastures. Some were cleared by the Idro for agriculture, and doubtless others by forest fires, such as one constantly sees during the dry season destroying the mountain forests of northern Luzon. General observations have not been made on the temperature and humidity of much of the mountain country of northern Luzon. However, scientific observations have been made and recorded for a series of about 10 years at Bobbio, Bangat Province, at an altitude of 4.777 feet and it is from the published data there gathered that the following facts are gained. The temperature and rainfall are the average means deduced from many years' observations. It is seen that April is the hottest month of the year and February is the coldest. The absolute lowest temperature recorded is 42.10 degree Fahrenheit, noted February 18, 1902. Of course the temperature varies considerably a fact due largely to altitude and prevailing winds. The height of the rainy season is in August, during which it rains every day, with an average precipitation of 37.03 inches. Bobbio is known as much rainier than many other places in the Cordillera Central, yet it must be taken as more or less typical of the entire mountain area of northern Luzon, throughout which the rainy season is very uniform. Usually the days of the rainy season are beautiful and clear during the forenoon, but all-day rains are not rare and each season has two or three storms of pelting, driving rain which continues without a break for four or five days. Idro peoples in several languages of northern Luzon the word Igeorot means mountain people. Dr. Pardo de Tavera says the word Idorot is composed of the root word Golo, meaning, in Tagalog, mountain chain, and the prefix I meaning dweller in or people of. Morga in 1609 used the word as Igolo, early Spaniards also used the word frequently as Igolotes and today some groups of the Idro, as the Bantok group, do not pronounce the R sound, which common usage now puts in the word. The Spaniards applied the term to the wild peoples of present Bengut and Lepanto provinces, now short-haired, peaceful people. In after years its common application spread eastward to the natives of the Comandancia of Quayongan in the present province of Nueva Vizcaya, and northward to those of Bantuk. The word Igeorot is now adopted tentatively as the name of the extensive primitive Malayan people of northern Luzon, because it is applied to a very large number of the mountain people by themselves and also has a recognized usage in ethnologic and other writings. Its form as Igeorot is adopted for both singular and plural, because it is both natural and phonetic, and, because, so far as it is possible to do so, 
it is thought wise to retain the simple native forms of such words as it seems necessary or best to incorporate in our language, especially in scientific language. The 16th degree of north latitude cuts across Luzon probably as far south as any people of the Igoro group are now located. It is believed they occupy all the mountain country northward in the island except the territory of the Ibilau in the southeastern part of the area and some of the most inaccessible mountains in eastern Luzon, which are occupied by Negritos. There are from 150.000 to 225.000 Igoro in Igoro land. The census of the archipelago taken in 1903 will give the number as about 185.000. In the northern part of Pangasinan province, the southwestern part of the territory, there are reported about 3.150 pagan people under various local names, as Igorots, Infiels Pagans, and Nuevos Cristianos. In Bangat province there are some 23.000, commonly known as Bangat Igorots. In Union Province there are about 4.400 primitive people, generally called Igorots. Ilocos Sewer has nearly 8.000, half of whom are known to history as Tingvians and half as Igorots. The province of Ilocos Norte has nearly 9.000, which number is divided quite evenly between Igorots, Tingvians, and Infiels. Abra Province has in round numbers 13.500 pagan Malayans most of whom are historically known as Alzados and Tingians. These Tingian ethnically belong to the Great Igoro group, and in northern Bantak province, where they are known as Itnig, flow into and are not distinguishable from the Igoro, but no effort is made in this monograph to cut the Tingian asunder from the position they have gained in historic and ethnologic writings as a separate people. The province of Lepanto-Bantak has, according to records, about 70.500 Igorots, Tingians, and Kalingas, but I believe a more careful census will show it has nearer 100.000. Nueva Asaja is reported to have half a hundred Tingians. The province of Nueva Vizcaya has some 46.000 people locally and historically known as Banayans, a large group in the Spanish Comandancia of Quayongan, the Silapanes, also a large group of people closely associated with the Bunayan, the Iceni a small group in the southern part of the province, the Alamut, a considerable group of Silipong people dwelling along the Alamut River in the Comandancia of Quayongan, and the small Ayongan group of the Bunayong people of Quayongan. Cagayan province has about 11.000 Kalingas and Ipwaus. Isabella province is reported as having about 2.700 primitive Malayans of the Igoro group, they are historically known as Igorots, Gedans, Kalingas, and Ifugaus. The following forms of the above names of different dialect groups of Igorot have been adopted by the Ethnological Survey, Tingudian, Kalingia, Banayan, Isane, Aloamite, Silipan, Iungan, Ipukao, and Gadin. It is believed that all the mountain people of the northern half of Luzon, except the Negritos, came to the island in some of the earliest of the movements that swept the coasts of the archipelago from the south and spread over the inland areas succeeding waves of people, having more culture, driving their cruder blood fellows farther inland, though originally of one blood, and though they are all today in a similar broad culture grade that island all are mountain agriculturists, and all are, or until recently have been, had hunters yet it does not follow that the Igoro groups have today identical culture, Quite the contrary is true. There are many and wide differences even in important cultural expressions which are due to environment, 
long isolation, and in some cases to ideas and processes borrowed from different neighboring peoples. Very misleading statements have sometimes been made in regard to the Igoro customs from different groups have been jumbled together in one description until a man has been pictured who cannot be found anywhere. All except the most general statements are worse than wasted unless a particular group is designated. An illustration of some of the differences between groups of typical Igoro will make this clearer. I select as examples the people of Bantak and the adjoining Kwayangan district in northern Nueva Vizcaya province both of whom are commonly known as Igoro. It must be noted that the people of both areas are practically unmodified by modern culture and both are constant headhunters. With scarcely one exception Bantak Pueblos are single clusters of buildings. In Banai Pueblo of the Kwayangan area there are 11 separate groups of dwellings, each group situated on a prominence which may be easily protected by the inhabitants against an enemy below them, and other Kwayangan Pueblos are similarly built as will be brought out in succeeding chapters. The social and political institutions of the two peoples differ widely. In Bantak the head weapon is a battle axe. In Kwayangan it is a long knife. Most of the head hunting practices of the two peoples are different, especially as to the disposition of the skulls of the victims. Bantak men wear their hair long, and have developed a small pocket hat to confine the hair and contain small objects carried about. The men of Kwayangan wear their hair short have nothing whatever of the nature of the pocket hat, but have developed a unique handbag which is used as a pocket. In the Kwayangan area a highly conventionalized wood carving art has developed beautiful eating spoons with figures of men and women carved on the handles and food bowls cut in animal figures are everywhere found, while in Bantak only the most crude and artless wood carving is made. In language there is such a difference that Bantak men who accompanied me into the northern part of the large Kwayangan area, only a long day from Bantak Pueblo, could not converse with Kwayangan men, even about such common things as travelers in a strange territory need to learn. It is because of the many differences in cultural expressions between even small and neighboring communities of the primitive people of the Philippine archipelago that I wish to be understood in this paper as speaking of the one group the Bantak Agriculture Group, a group however, in every essential typical of the numerous Igoro peoples of the mountains of northern Luzon. Part to the Bantak Culture Group Bantak Culture Area The Bantak Culture Area nearly equals the old Spanish distrito politico military of Bantak. Presented to the American public in a government publication in 1900, the Spanish Bantak area was estimated about 4.500 square kilometers. This was probably too large an estimate, and it is undoubtedly an overestimate for the Bantak Culture Area, the northern border of which is farther south than the border of the Spanish Bantak area. The area is well in the center of northern Luzon and is cut off by watersheds from other territory, except on the northeast. The most prominent of these watersheds is Polis Mountain. Extending along the eastern and southern sides of the area, it is supposed to reach a height of over 7.000 feet. The western watershed is an undifferentiated range of the Cordillera Central. To the north stretches a large area of the present province of Bantak. Though until 1903 most of that northern territory was embraced in the province of ABR, 